Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. And I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So if you joined us last week, you know we talked about the fact that fangirls are made to feel invalid by the music media because they're young and crazy. And I mean, fangirls are constantly made to feel guilty about loving something that's created specifically for them. So today uh, we have a part two of this discussion on fangirls and we are going to dive into bands that have said some pretty controversial things about having a predominantly female fan base. So Sarah, why do guys in bands think that having mainly female fans is a bad thing? I feel like if you have any um, thoughts on this, you should start and then I can just end on a high note. (laughs) (laughs) what are my thoughts on this man okay so we were talking about this in like the if we talk about like our pop punk scene again um and we take the band like the main as an example they have a lot of girl fans but they have dude fans too and you you had brought up some point about like somebody making fun of the main saying like they're only making music for girls and like i don't think that's true at all especially especially bands that are like in pop punk they're making music because like that's what they want to be doing maybe they want to be cool in general maybe they want girls to like them but they're not like they're not like oh if i write this lyric like this girl will swoon like that's not their intention their intention is like i want to make music and i want to be cool Mm -hmm. and so i think especially like a band like the main that's been around for so long who's like evolved so much is like they're purely making music for themselves so to say that it only has to do with girls is also like very limiting to like the main's capability as like an artist and in general like it doesn't really matter who the fan is if it's authentic real music that somebody was passionate about making yeah and i mean with the main the thing that frustrated me was it's like i had an ex-boyfriend who just was like oh like this music's created for girls and like we went and we like happened to be in Dublin on my for my birthday, and the main also happened to be in Dublin on my birthday. Like it was just a coincidence. You just happened to be in Dublin for your birthday. Well, I like went to Dublin for my birthday, and the main happened to also be there. And so I was like, oh, let's go because they That's were playing funny. at like a two fifty cap venue, and like I hadn't seen them play somewhere that small in like years. And I was like, okay, we're gonna go. And he complained the whole time. And I, like, don't remember the show. I just remember this boy complaining and being, like, oh, like, there's, like, not really any guys here. Like, I don't understand how you listen to this music. And, like, from what I remember about that relationship, like, 
I don't even think he like was a big music fan so I don't know why he just like inherent like just like incessantly hated them when like he knew nothing about it and it was just really weird and I just remember that like when he said like oh like they're clearly I think it was like after they played into your arms he was like oh like they clearly are making music that they know girls are gonna like and it's like okay maybe they saw that like they were attracting more female fans and they maybe directed their songwriting in a way that would like make girls feel like important or welcome I don't know but I'm like they write their own music like there's not some weird calculated thing behind it like there is with boy bands but also like throughout the main's like 13-year career as they've grown as artists they've also garnered more male fans because I remember when I first started going to their shows it was like maybe five percent boys and now it's like probably 50 50 honestly and I don't know because I like try not to read things about this but I just feel like I'm sure that people are acknowledging that they're creating music that they're making music now that's like more palatable for males like I'm sure somebody mentioned it but like I don't think that they like I don't think that that's a thing like I think that's ridiculous I think that at some point the main was just like we like dad band music so we're gonna start making dad band music but like girls like dad band music like that's not that's not like a thing but I do feel like at some point they got kind of dad bandy but I don't think it was to attract more male fans I think it was just like yeah I think it just made sense in the progression they were making in music yeah I agree. Even All Time Low, like, because I went to so many of their shows. I just, it just seems very shallow as, like, from an artist perspective, it seems very shallow to think that, like, oh, we're not taken seriously because only girls like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a difference between, a small difference between that and them not wanting to be known as a boy band because bands like McFly, right? What's yeah. your story with them? Well, McFly was, like, a group that sort of created themselves so tom fletcher who's the singer and danny danny jones who's the other singer they knew each other i'm not i can't remember how my mcfly history is rusty but i know that they both used to write songs with busted who like existed before them and were a rock band but slightly viewed as a boy band because most of their fans were female but I mean Busted in comparison with McFly Busted sing very like sexy songs like about trying to seduce your high school teacher and stuff whereas McFly sang pop music but they were a band and they like placed an ad in the newspaper trying to find a drummer and a bassist so like not really created in a lab but sort of created in a lab but they did it themselves and like, there was always the debate about whether McFly was a boy band or not. And I just always thought it was really weird because I'm like, well, no, they just make poppy rock music. Like, they play their own instruments. Um, yeah. It's this whole thing. And, like, but, I mean, also, throughout history, bo- like, there have been, like, the Beatles were seen as a boy band at the time and they played all their own instruments. They were friends in high school. Like, nothing yeah. about them is a boy band. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of crazy to me that they're labeled as boy band. Yeah, I don't get, I don't 100% get that. And then I mean, also, I feel like there's always that point in a boy band's career where one of them's like, oh, I, I've been teaching myself guitar. Can I bring it out on stage? 
And I feel like they think mm-hmm. that that makes them get taken more seriously. And so I never really understood why, like, I don't see why boy band is a bad word. Like, I, I don't get it. I, it makes, yeah, it makes no sense to me. And I don't understand why, like, I feel like any group of guys who plays music is a boy band. Like, it's not, it's not a big deal. I mean, I guess there is the, like, there's two issues. And the one with the term boy band is um, the, obviously, like, the fangirl side of it. Yeah. But number two is the fact that boy bands are manufactured. Um, yeah. And a a normal, a non-boy band is not manufactured. And so part of that, too, is they're like, well, we write our own stuff. Like, we're, we play all of our instruments. Like, we're not just we're not just doing this to be consumed by for fangirls or whatever whatever it is yeah so part of it i think is like well no like we're actual musicians we actually write our own music and the other part of it is like we don't want to be called a boy band because that means we're less credible because all of our fans are girls so i think there's two sides there this brings us into our prime example of five seconds of summer yes five seconds of summer are problematic and it's really hard. And I feel like the one way that I've really proven to myself that I've grown as a woman, um, but also a music fan, is that I now have the ability to really like music. Like, I can really like music that a band creates while I hate every single member of the band. I mean, Luke Hemmings might be okay, but like the jury's still out. For context, if you, oh, if no, you don't was- know, for context, Five Seconds of Summer was a band that existed and they're from new zealand i think or they're from, they're australia. from australia so they existed as a band like pre one direction but then they were they, like they could have easily been in like the warp tour scene of things yeah. but then they were like covering one direction or something and basically one direction discovered them and then took them on tour multiple times and so they turned from what could have been this like like all-time normal love child. band yes exactly into a pop production um, so this is why five seconds, five seconds of summer is really interesting to talk about in this context. Yeah, and so it's just this, because like I mean, people who have gone to Warped Tour know that there aren't only bands from America on the tour. Like Five Seconds of Summer could have very easily started opening for bands like All Time Low or The Main or whoever was going to Australia yep. and like gotten involved in that scene. And I, like, don't know enough about Five Seconds of Summer to, like, know why that didn't happen. But I guess, I mean, like, Louis from One Direction, like, is a pop punk kid. So I assume that he found out about them and he's the reason why they're famous. So that's my assumption. But basically, there was a 2015 Rolling Stone article. Um, It was, like, a cover story with Five Seconds of Summer that was like very controversial it was like controversial at the time and i'm pretty sure even though like i don't i could just be speaking out of my ass right now but i'm pretty sure that like fans still are mad about it there was this whole like something that like really prefaced five seconds of summer as a rock band which i don't a hundred percent think that their fans viewed them as i think that their fans viewed them as like a pop rock band so it's that like sugar-coated thing that kind of all-time low has where it's like 
they don't have they don't give you the persona of like Motley Crue like they don't feel like a, the rock bands that your parents tell you that about you know they, they don't give off that vibe and I feel like they kind of want to give off the vibe of like an old school rock band but it's unnecessary because I feel like they're still like you know well not you know but I feel like fans of bands like All Time Low are like oh they live like a rock star lifestyle like you don't think that they're yep. like a pop band you treat them like a rock band but like also yeah. at the same time they have like that glossy finish <clears throat> which I think is yeah. a smart move honestly but so in the Rolling Stone article they like talked about how they would like basically use the fact that they were in this band to like hook up with girls and they insinuated that they might have orgies and it was just this whole thing that <laughs> was insane um and fans did not like it but it was just like this whole thing where they were basically explaining to this like Rolling Stone guy very openly that they use their fame to hook oh up with God. girls and I'm like, looking at the quote right now <laughs> be disgusting and so what they oh what do this you want is gross <laughs> would you I'm like to share right I feel like you should share and I'm gonna find my other favorite quote. oh my god well you're you were questioning Luke Hemmings so here we go they were <laughs> This is so okay. Luke says they took full advantage of the tension. They were wildest on their early tours when they'd go to a bar and mingle with fans after a show. Quote When you put four young dudes on a tour bus playing theaters and arenas, you're going to have sex with a lot of girls, I guess, says Hemmings. We had a good time. And then they ask multiple girls in one night, and he says, I feel like I shouldn't say, he says with a smirk. And then he says, You could probably, or you could say the possibility of that is high. And then the question is multiple girls at the same time. And he says, the possibility is high. Again, he says, the possibilities see, are endless. Luke Hemmings being a slut doesn't bother me. Luke Hemmings, like 18? Luke Hemmings using the fact that he tours with One Direction to be a slut is what bothers me. The thing that really grinded my gears and made me literally go down a rabbit hole of watching five seconds of summer interviews to see if they literally just slipped up in the Rolling Stone article or if they are actual trash buckets was that there the, this is a direct quote from Ashton Irwin quote that set me off and made me question everything and made it really hard for me to like a band I really liked but like now I'm fine with just their music was that in this Rolling Stone article Ashton Irwin said and I quote we're getting good at it now. We don't want to just be like for girls. We want to be for everyone. That's the great mission that we have. Have I'm already seeing a few male fans start to pop up and that's cool. If the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all those guys can do it, so can we. And <laughs> I don't I, I like I don't personally know Mick Jagger, but I think that Mick Jagger would be in the same wheelhouse as Harry Styles, which is that teen girls know what they're talking about. And if you gain their respect, you can gain everyone's respect. And Ashton Irwin Yeah, he's glossing over the mm, have my he's respect. Glossing over, he's glossing over the fact that like the Beatles primary fan base was females back in the day was women but there's never been like an interview with elvis or an interview with the beatles or an interview with like mick jagger or even like a motley crew none of these bands that had like a lot of female fans like ever once were like oh we're not a real band because girls like us i just get so angry because it's just like dude and like there was also a video interview which like if 
you like if you read our show notes I'll, you can watch it um but a male interviewer is interviewing five seconds of summer and i think that this was during their like first tour like they look very young in the video and he's clearly hinting at the fact that they open for one direction and i can't like I can't remember exactly what it was, but he basically was like, oh, like, how do people react when they find out you play their own instruments? And Ashton Irwin, like, kind of, like, rolls his eyes and is like, well, before we went on this tour, like, we didn't know there was any other way to do it. Like, we've been playing instruments our whole lives. Like, why wouldn't we be, like, a real band who plays guitar? Okay, so Ashton Irwin says this as if he's not being a C word. And he goes, yeah, like somebody came up to us the other day and they were like, oh, it's like so crazy to see people, to see girls go so crazy about guys who are playing guitars. So <laughs> what world are you living in? Hello. Like, I mean, have you, like, they, they, they listen to All Time Low. I'm pretty sure that like Alex Gaspar wrote with them at some point. Like they know. Oh, they definitely that, have now. Like they know that girls go crazy for guys with guitars. Like I don't, I don't know what world Ashton Irwin is living in, but I feel like for somebody who was in a band and like kind of, I guess the spokesperson for that band, which is weird for a drummer, but like for a while, like they toured with One Direction more than once. And so to shit on music outside of like guys with guitars so often and like so publicly, I think is disgusting. And also to kind of like, go back on like the whole basis of this which is fangirls like he by proxy like when he's talking about this you know in your soul that he is bashing girls like he doesn't even have to say it you know what he's doing i think it's it's so to me it's so odd because like i said when i was talking about the context of this it's like they could have easily been a warped tour type band Mm -hmm. and they were thrust really they were thrust into the limelight by one direction by touring with them multiple times Mm -hmm. um and so they just ended up in the whole pop world of like not like they would have been so different if they ended up you know going the warped tour route of things and who knows maybe they still would have trash opinions like this but um it's, it's just a, it's a very it's a very different experience like they were put on a platform where i'm sure like they had management they had marketing all this stuff that started positioning them as a boy band yeah and i think it's something that like we're like well we're getting famous and attention so let's just go with it and like then they were like wait but we don't want to be a boy band and yeah yeah it's just like that doesn't excuse like, what he says though no not at all and but i feel like I can understand slightly, like, maybe the annoyance of having your main platform be, like, younger than you thought it was going to be, and, like, more inclined to, like, pop music, like, especially because, like, when I first heard whatever that song is where it's like, you look so perfect, that one, like, I think that's literally what it's called, but, like, they're playing warped tour superlatives like they're using terminology that exists in the like warped tour fandom bubble like they literally were like okay we're gonna write a song based off of things that like gir- honestly girls girls between the ages of 15 and 20 in america like and that's what they did yep. and like yep. i i'm yep. like very aware that they write their own music do all this stuff but they still were creating music that girls would be interested in because like i don't care what they say like they're like they they knew 
because they've seen, because like, if you like All Time Low or you like any of those sort of bands that do really well, like that the way in is through girls. Like there's no other way in, <laughs> like really, unless you make like metal music. But it's like, if you're doing that sort of like pop punk, like pop emo sort of genre bend, like girls are the gateway. And like, you will get male fans, especially if you show up at Warped Tour, because there's guys there all the time. And if your music sounds good, nobody can, like, people care, obviously. There's always, like, that dumb stigma. But I just feel like when you're at Warped Tour, people are just like, that band sounds cool. I don't care who's listening to them. I'm going to, like, go in that mosh pit. And if I have a good time, I'm going to buy their CD. So I can understand, like, when you look up to Warped Tour type bands, like, and then you wind up touring with, like, a pop boy band to be kind of like w- like weird about it and like kind of uncomfortable but also like you could say no like if you really hated it that much you could just be like yep no i'm gonna wait around for fearless records like i'm not gonna sit yeah. here and like let these people say things and so i just it just is frustrating to me because it's like yeah you can't like I personally can't be mad at a band for taking an opportunity because like who would who would pass that up but like I I can be mad at that band accepting that opportunity and then being like oh I hate who like I basically saying that like they hate who listens to their music and it's like that's not cool yeah so he also said in the same interview where he said that he that somebody somebody meaning himself um said to him that like they were shocked that girls were going so crazy about guys with bands he said that the same person also was like i haven't seen that in at least 10 years and then ashen's like oh like oh. it was so nice for somebody to acknowledge that we're doing something different what are you doing dif- different mr Irwin? please send um, me an email let me know <laughs> like, yes Number one, number one, literally just like literally just look anywhere else but like Billboard 100 and you will see bands continuing to be rock rock and roll is not dead. Like it exists. Mm-hmm. You just haven't put in that effort to look for it. And number two, yes, exactly what you said. Uh, Five Seconds of Summer came after All Time Low, came after all these pop punk bands. And what have they done that was original? Hmm, I don't know. Like, I mean, literally the only thing that they did was original is, like, make Warped Tour songs sound like pop songs. And I don't even think that that's original, yeah. but I think at the time it was slightly different. But I just mean, like... They made pop punk more pop. Yeah. And I just feel like at the time that Five Seconds of Summer was, like, on the up, like, 21 Pilots were doing really well. And, oh, like, so there, there were other bands that were making, like, alternative music that were on the charts winning grammys like getting acknowledged and for like ashton Irwin to be like oh yeah like nobody's making like good music with guitars anymore <laughs> like shut up <laughs> also like hard to believe that he wasn't still listening to these bands and knew who they were anyways like he knew who these bands were so well, I know because in the same Rolling Stone article, they created like years worth of the main merch because the freaking interviewer thought the main was an emo band. And like Oh yeah. <laughs> like wait. oh my gosh, wait, Sarah, for the people who don't know, please <laughs> So the really funny thing about this the well no, the other funny thing 
ridiculous wild thing about this um five seconds of summer rolling stone article was that they were like also trying to like i guess get clout in the pop punk scene and so they're like name dropping these bands and stuff and i think it was luke who was talking about like this girl he was dating and how like they started dating because they had all this like music in common and how they both really loved the main and this guy patrick doyle referred to the main as an arizona emo group which like if anybody's ever listened to the main like the main's not emo like sometimes they write songs that like are on the cusp maybe but that's like if you're really looking into things um and it's just like the craziest funniest thing because that sentiment sent the main fans wild and sent the main wild because it was just this like hilarious like slip but like not even it just was clear that this man did no research which i think is hilarious because the article is like this guy's clearly a good interviewer because he got all this trash out of this band <laughs> but like the the man has been selling like hats that are like make america emo again they sold shirts that were like the arizona emo group the main like this whole thing I had they, one. They, I, yeah i sleep in my the arizona emo group like shirt all the time it's just like it was the funniest thing even to people like people like me who like don't really live in that like the main fan bubble anymore i was like i need to buy everything with this on it because this is the craziest thing i've ever heard in my life Five Seconds of Summer has brought me lots of lols, mostly at the expense of at the expense of Ashton Irwin because he is a trash bucket of a human. So you might be thinking that I am extremely biased based off of a 2015 Rolling Stone interview, which like, okay, I don't blame you, but we're not dumb and we did do our research. We tried to save Ashton Irwin's ass from being reamed this hard. And unfortunately, I don't really think that he has redeemed himself, especially on my eyes. Um, the other three might not be as bad as I thought they were. I couldn't really find anything online of them being like, sorry, we didn't really mean it. There was like one tweet from um, Michael Clifford being like, of course they take things out of context, but he like wasn't specifying. I honestly think that he was discussing the whole like, sex with one direction fans thing and not the whole we wish men liked us so there was like nothing in 2015 and then in 2018 um five seconds of summer did a billboard cover shoot and interview done by chris payne who's a very good journalist but he did ask the question and i quote being a band of all guys what have you learned over the years from having a fan base that's largely female and jenna well, how do you feel about what Ashton Irwin responded to the lovely Chris Payne? Oh, um, it, I like, I want to believe that he is like trying to move in the right direction, but either he's not there or he has a horrible way of iterating it. <laughs> Ashton Irwin responds to the question first and he goes into this whole story about how like he grew up with a single mom and so he's like seen women suffer so he like understands and so he like gets that and i quote lyrics are important to younger women who are trying to understand relationships or just feelings in general which i feel like is a little patronizing but also again i look at ashton irwin with like red tinted glasses so i just see a devil um but he finished this whole thing about talking about his single mom with saying and i quote 
I think where a lot of young male bands go wrong is they get caught up in the women liking their band. There's a bunch of women hanging around who might sexually desire you. That can be confusing to a young man, but it's all about respect, unquote. And I just, like, Jenna, I don't, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I, I kind of want to hear your, your thoughts <laughs> first and then, So yeah. I, I just, I feel like he did a lot of word vomit to try and be like, I get women, and then kind of was just like, but they sexually desire us, so maybe they don't really see us as music and more as sexual objects, is how I've read it, but again, I hate this man, so my viewpoints are, like, not (laughs) that great about him. I mean, what he said is true, and this is definitely an issue, not just with this band, with all like every male band who's like on the cusp of like 20 mm-hmm. um it's like they're young female fans looking up to them um in more way than one and the thing the thing that's difficult about this situation is like 20 year old dudes aren't smart enough to know that they're in a power situation here and they need to act appropriately like a lot of them are going to end up taking advantage of younger girls and saying but like they were into it and all this stuff and like but they don't realize how much power they have in that position of actually you need to like step up and do the right thing here because it's very quickly turns into a very bad situation um and he does say it's all about respect but like so i i get like I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, it's like, like this is a, this is an issue of misogyny within the music industry, and it's like if if even like the managers, the people who are surrounding like bands like this, if they're not telling them, hey, like reality check, you need to like watch yourself. It's like they are young, they are fucking dumb, like. I, I don't know. I just think it's not excusable, but I think they're too stupid to like know no better. Um, but like it needs to change in general. Like they like this whole thing, this whole system needs to change and bands need to be better about calling each other out and like watching their behavior. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, there, th- I mean, this is a whole other episode that we're going to touch on later on in the podcast is just like, I mean, Five Sauce are a pop punk band and there is like a major major issue in the pop punk band of bands kind of taking advantage of fans and being like but they wanted to and it's like I'm sorry if I was 16 years old and like a guy in a band that I really liked like showed me any interest I would do whatever he asked me to do just because I was 16 and stupid and like boys in my town did not like me but again we'll get there at some point but so him basically turning like turning the dial and going the like sexualized route is again just kind of like talking down to the fans because it's like yes I'm sure that a good portion of like any like we're all like hot-blooded humans like we're not gonna not be sexually attracted to people it just isn't really what happens unless of course you're asexual but that's a whole other ballpark so i mean there are going to be a good portion of fans that look at them as sexual objects but they also like their music and i just feel like kind he just he glazed over it and just was like 
this is a thing that happens. And so, like, Callum, who is honestly, like, kind of quiet from my perspective, literally, at this whole episode, I don't even think I mentioned him once. So clearly, he's, like, not that problematic in my mind. Um, his answer to the question after Ashton responds is him saying, quote, you never want to be patronizing towards younger fans, in particular female, because that's what our demographic was and still is in large part. And I think that that is a very good, like, next thing to read after reading the confusing jumble of words that Ashton Irwin said, because Callum is <laughs> acknowledging that their fan base is female and that, like, you can't like, you have to treat that in a certain way, and you don't want to patronize them, like, lyrically or honestly in any way whatsoever, um, and so, like, he was saying that, like, in their lyrics, they try and, they always overestimate their fans, um, and that's why, like, their lyrics are so deep, I don't really know about that, but, um, again, personal opinion, um, but I do think that his acknowledgement that their fans are still like their fan base is still largely female is nice and also saying that like he doesn't they don't want to patronize them but again they're talking like lyrically and I don't really th I think that they're kind of skirting around the actual question by discussing the songs I agree um and that question wasn't specific to like in the 2015 Rolling Stone article you said yeah. you hate your female fans um it wasn't specific to that it was kind of open-ended um just kind of like what have you learned over the time and I think you know if they didn't address it until then then that was a long time coming this article is obviously like not a rebuttal to Rolling Stone like this is yeah Chris's own interview his own thing and like the question before this also did not have to do with like lyrically he Chris was just asking the band um like the fact that a lot of their fans got into the music as early teens and now obviously they're older and he was trying to find out like how they've been able to like reconnect with these people um and so i mean while that sort of has to do with lyrically there's lots of different ways that you can connect with fans in a new way as the band gets older and the fans get older that don't have to do with lyrics so like their responses focusing on like the lyric thing to chris's question about having a large female fan base i think is just them trying to not fully talk about what Chris is actually asking. Ashton does follow up and say um, to all of my favorite bands, the Rolling Stones and stuff, the younger female fans have always come first because they know it's good. So, I mean, like he acknowledges it. I just feel like he is horrible at talking to the media and should not be allowed <laughs> to just... talk to the media as a representative of a band. Like, did he ever get media training? Well, that's what um, I'm saying. It's like, they've been in the spotlight for so long. You would think that they would teach this man to get his foot out of his mouth. And I mean, you're mentioning the good part of his answer to that question, whereas he started true. it being like, we don't actually focus on who likes us that much. But then after that says, I really enjoy meeting male fans as well. And it's like, why, why do you have to do that? Like, yeah. I just think that it's like, if you're going to say that you don't focus on who likes you, but then follow it up being like, we do have male fans, which is basically what he's doing. It's like, it's unnecessary. Like the people who read this and your interviewer, like they know that, people of both genders listen to five seconds of summer like we're not stupid 
So I just think that Ashton, again, feeling the need to mention male fans is just like unnecessary and kind of negates him acknowledging what I've already said in the past two episodes that like the Rolling Stones never had a problem with having a female fan base. I just have so many issues with this man. I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm not, but I am because like then later on, he also was saying that, um, these bands have like always understood their fan bases, meaning that they've understood that their fan bases are female. And so he then acknowledges that the Beatles, like obviously like everybody knows that the Beatles were constantly like genre changing, genre bending, like doing all different sort of stuff. And he goes, so you go from, I want to hold your hand to Eleanor Rigby. You just keep passing on the torch of what you think is good. And again, I think that that is patronizing to women. And I might just be taking this personally because like I have never been the one to like, like quote unquote love songs. So I want to hold your hand is genuinely my least favorite Beatles song. And like, if somebody was like, you can only listen to one Beatles song ever again, and you have to choose between I want to hold your hand and Eleanor Rigby, I would pick Eleanor Rigby because it's more interesting. And so I think that this is him has like has he never met a woman like I just I don't understand it because it just feels like he's like oh girls like love songs and then if you teach girls about other type of songs then they'll like them and I think that that's patronizing yeah Yeah, no it is because he says they understood their fan base and wanted to show them another side of music but so yeah that's um simplifying women to the point of they only liked the Beatles because of their love songs and their looks and that they not because of the music, uh, which I agree, as you said, is very patronizing. Yeah, so I will forever live on the hill of Ashton Irwin is a trash bucket. Um, I'm really sorry if I'm offending anybody. I really genuinely love Five Seconds of Summer's music, and I feel like that just shows personal growth that I'm very proud of, that I can do that. But I just think that this man needs to go to media training boot camp or like actually talk to some women because I'm convinced he never has. I'm just curious if, like, have, do you know any other bands who have been this loud about, like, girls, like, we need guy band, like, guy fans to feel worthy of being a band? Not off the top of my head, to be honest. And that's what's so wild to me. Like, I know that it's been said before. Like, there was a Guardian article that discussed this and they brought up Penn Badgley's band but like Penn Badgley sent this girl a literal apology so the Guardian article she was preparing for um an interview with them and she said she came across a previous interview in which they were asked their favorite thing to see in the audience on like from the stage and their answer was guys and they said I'm not kidding and uh a balanced ratio of men to women, they continued, quote, means we have music listeners in the audience. When it's all girls of a certain age, it's likely that our music might not be their primary interest. So end the, quote. the only and I'm not the only reason why I can say anything about like that isn't me hating this band is Penn Badgley is their front man. And Penn Badgley at this time, which this was happened, so this was four years ago. I guess not really, but still, like Gossip Girl was like a big part of pop culture. So I can sort of understand where they're coming from, that maybe there are girls in the audience that only came because they thought Penn Badgley was like cute from Gossip Girl. 
but also like mother is like a very specific type of band and so I feel like if you're gonna spend like the 20 odd dollars that it costs to go see mother at like Bowery Ballroom on like a Thursday night at 11 p.m like you're gonna have listened and been like this is worth it because Penn, I don't even think Penn takes photos so like it's not it's not worth it just because he's cute yeah that really that ground my gears but didn't he he, he sent her an apology letter didn't he so after the interview um, and Alexandra tweeted her dislike for their sentiments on gender, I got an email from Penn Badgley. He wanted to explain that he was pushed into answering that question and that his quote had been taken somewhat out of context, but more so he wanted to apologize and let me know that he changed his mind. Quote, every great band ever has played for a predominantly young female audience and that audience is appreciative and invested and willing to scream and dance with abandon, which is the point of music. End quote. Pep actually made a good point in his apology, but still the fact even if he was like coerced into like making a statement like he did, like it's still shitty because like guys yeah, don't make things better. For it before, he, before he apologized for it. Exactly. And like guys like NASCAR, like what do men know? It seems like maybe I don't, I don't fully know, but it seems like maybe Penn has grown since these days because um he said some pretty uh more progressive thoughts about you know being uh starring in you on netflix and he was like guys we shouldn't be romanticizing this serial killer something yeah no that is true so i guess like pen badgley has had personal growth ashton irwin still needs to get back to me on his personal growth if anybody knows any other bands that have said shitty stuff about the fact that their fan base is predominantly female please get in touch with us i would love to know um, you can tweet at me and Jenna about it. It's like Sarah underscore Fagan and Jenna underscore Million on Twitter. And just like, please tell us every possible yep. outcome of men talking badly about girls liking their music. Because we should stop buying their music if they've said these crappy things. So, Jenna, it's your turn to give us the band of the week in 30 seconds. And we're going in three, two, one, go. All right. So today I would like to tell you about this super group called 1990 Nowhere. It's got some of my favorites. Um, it's out of Los Angeles. Lost Boy Crow, Armors, and Oliver the Kid came together to make this super group 1990 Nowhere. And I love them because they're very much that throwback emo anthem chorus, like sing with all your friends in a big room. And they have this one song. It's like Dear Grim Reaper. And I'm like, I just want to get in a pit and yell that with all my friends. Wow, that actually sounds it. really cool. I have not heard of them before, and I'm going to go check them out. Hell yes. Hell to the yes. Follow me on Twitter for more uh, music moments. We love to yell about these artists way too much on Twitter. So that's at Jenna underscore million and at Sarah underscore Fagan if you want to follow along for our nonsense. Thanks for tuning in, and you can join us next week to hear all of our hot takes about One Direction, and more specifically, how they were taken more seriously as solo artists than they ever were as a band. It's going to be real fun. We're literally going to be dissecting how, once Zayn left, how the media tried to make him more palatable for your quote-unquote average day music listener. And then they did the same thing to the one the rest of the boys once they left so we hope you join us it'll be a wild wild ride
Thanks for joining us on Name Three Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. It really helps. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.